you are listening to a production of the Toe Network. This is the Uncommon Cast Rx number 209, Getting Our Fours Fives Fix. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono, and wow, I did not catch that pun until just now. I've been looking at that for <laughs> it's like... It's pretty terrible, isn't it? I've been looking at that for like two hours, and I just, I, not until I heard it out loud. It, like, look, there was a lot of, I, I was workshopping this one, like, that was one that I went back and forth on, but yes, four is five's fix. This is Common Rider Zio, episode five, Switch On 2011, and episode six, five 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 nine one three two oh two oh oh three two thousand verse Or, Jenny, eight six seven five three oh nine. It's my jam. Yep, yep. That one's going in the as mentioned. There, there are too many numbers in that title, and it was inevitable that I would screw it up. Um, our I'm, our writer wait. for both episodes, as always, was Shimoyama Kento. Our director was Koichi Sakamoto, who we have talked about so frequently, but I think never in the context of him actually directing what we're watching. Well, I think he did a couple episodes of X-Aid. Did he? He might have. Yeah, way, like, near the start. He might have. Not None of the, like consequential ones um he was the the lead director for forze uh not for fives which uh leads into some theories we'll be discussing later but uh he's a pretty prolific director for both rider and sentai uh he seems these days to primarily be relegated to dvd content i mean he's he does the i think he did the theatrical movies uh that when they do this when they remember that they have the space squad things uh yeah I, I i don't know if he did the most recent one of those so i might be talking about i don't know if one. he did q ranger versus space squad but he did do the uh the deca ranger space squad movies from a year or so ago and, and girls in trouble were... and man hell yeah those were some sakamoto things huh. uh well if, if i you guess want to know the we're... discourse on sakamoto you can you can go find that it's or you can just honestly listen to this episode because I know I know I'm going to be getting into some Sakamoto discourse here. Yeah, we like, are capital T, capital D, the discourse TM. We are going to be discussing Sakamoto's habits. Yeah, which like I'm just going to say up front, it sucks that we're going to discuss those habits because he has so many other good habits, but those ones really just they ruin everything he's a very good director he's just you can tell some things about him well uh, by the way he directs yeah as we're gonna get into later he is indiscriminately horny on main well actually no i say indiscriminate indiscriminate would imply uh a a pansexual lens which he does not have he is he is horny on main for ladies in a way that is untoward even even taking into account the fact that the male gaze is kind of an ever-present thing in most places at the moment yeah it you can tell when sakamoto has directed a thing without like looking it up you can just tell there are some tells usually uh ladies in short shorts doing high kicks and lots of looking at their thighs. Yeah, uh, there's actually a joke specifically about that in season two of Akiborin, which I think oh, we've brought well, up a couple back times. Season two of Akiborin. Uh, it's when Luna's first joining the team, and she's like, she thinks that Akiba Ranger is an actual show, and she asks who's directing. And when she's oh, and, she- and that's when she makes the the thigh joke is when she's talking about Sakamoto. Nice. Okay, it's 
I have to, it's been a while since I watched it, I did not have so much Sakamoto discourse in me at the time. Because we watch, here's here's how messed up we are on my end. So we watch Kamen Rider Forza, then to figure out the next Kamen Rider we want to watch, we watch Kamen Rider Decade. That's, I still feel like that doesn't work quite as well as it does with Gokaiger. No, yeah, well, Gokaiger was our first Sentai, and after Gokaiger we watched Akiba Ranger. That's that's how we do. We t- we we are like back when you could pick up like a Marvel or DC comic and like every issue was supposed to be a single story and you just kind of had to keep up. Like that's that's fun and that's what that felt like for me. But nowadays it's like, oh no, you every no story ever ends. So there's it's impossible to get in cuz you you can't get in. There's no discrete uh, stories. It's all just one big melange, and it makes it very difficult. Anyway, let's talk about some better superhero storytelling. Um, Sona, why don't you start us off with our overall thoughts about what's going on in these episodes? Okay, so for all that this arc ended up being very Fize-centric in how it was presented, I think a lot of its core themes are still grounded in Forze, um, and I think that's because it was originally supposed to just be a Forze arc, and uh, that didn't happen because the Bleach movie exists. Yeah. Oh, and what a shame that is. Yeah. I'm sorry if you like if you like the Bleach movie, dear listener, but um, well, I didn't. Let's let's move on. Uh, but I think that Sakuma, as the replacement, another Forze, is probably the character who feels the most like a proper corruption of the rider he represents. Because uh, both of their core motivations were about helping and protecting friends. Gentaro through trying to get his friends to live as the best versions of themselves, and Sakuma through trying to save the life of his friend whose life was cut short. And Gentaro lost Kengo just as Sakuma lost Karen. And Gentaro being the pure, fully formed Forze that he was, knew that he just had to let Kengo go. And as much as it hurt him to have to do that, he had to consider the way Kengo wanted to live and respected the choices that Kengo wanted to make about his own life. Where Sakuma, on the other hand, is consumed by guilt and even as Karen is telling him like I don't want to keep living if it means that you have to keep killing people and she doesn't want him to be making those sacrifices for his own life or of completely unrelated people's lives but he still just couldn't let her go which is a perfectly human reaction that I feel like anyone who's lost someone that they're very close to can relate to and I just hope that you know this kid he's at Amanogawa now I hope that he's just in Gentaro's class and gets taken into the Kamen Rider Club and Gentaro can help him through having to let this girl go because man he needs it and he's in the perfect place to get that support that he needs and have people really care about him and get him back into his life. Yeah, it would be really nice, I gotta say. It, it let him find some redemption or, or something like that. And I was gonna say, uh, after he serves out a prison sentence for all those girls he murdered, but because he was stopped in the past and the present, or the past and the not-quite-so-in-the-past, because time travel is weird, but he no longer killed those girls, which is, you know, hooray, right? I think? Yeah, no, uh... 
he was stopped in 2003 immediately after Hora uh, made him into Fize. So he never right. he never did any any of the things as Fize or Forze. Yeah, just sometimes I it's fun to discuss time travel because of the verb tenses you have to make up, you know? Yeah. The future past tense. It will have always continued to happen. Like what? Uh, I will say, though, that for all I... I definitely do agree with you, Sono, about another Forza feeling like the most blasphemous to the writer who inspired him. Because, I mean, the idea of a f of friendship as a vector for death. Uh, I do appreciate that with all of the talk they had of a shooting star, it's at least also a good callback to the meteor arc, even if which, you know, even if it went on a little too long for some people, because I think pacing-wise it's, it's not perfect, uh, it definitely had a lot of touches with this stuff. And the idea that love or friendship or whatever you want to call that bond between people can sometimes lead folks to some really dark paths, especially when that gets mixed up with other emotions like guilt or shame or things like that. Dang, that is a great call, because I completely forgot that Ryusei's motivations were pretty much also this. Yeah, which, I mean, it's it's easy to do, because there's, there's a lot of writer history you end up processing when they do time travel stuff like this. But it, it gets interesting on another level for me, because, as we mentioned, they brought back Koichi Sakamoto for these episodes, and by the end, we see that for all Sakuma the character, uh, not to be confused with Sakamoto, which I'm guessing, like, this does not feel like an accident to me, but for all that Sakuma definitely valued Karen's friendship, and by proxy, her continued existence, he'd kind of stopped treating Karen like a person so much as like a thing, which, like, on the one hand, very much ties into a kind of, in a way, emotionality that I would associate with Fies, fairly or not, because... As I've said multiple times, I've never really finished Fies. It is the one Heisei series I've never been able to get that much into. But it also highlights one of Sakamoto's worst habits as a director. Because there is valuing someone for themselves, and there's valuing someone's presence in your life, because, hey, their presence in your life makes you better. And then there's valuing someone's presence in your life because you want them there, and they are there. Which, it's kind of a fuzzy line to discuss, but... Sakamoto just kind of in what he does brings it up because I think there are a lot of people who say, including myself, that he really likes young women and thinks a lot of them and wants to have them on camera a whole bunch, but he doesn't want those actors on camera bringing characters to life as much as he seems to want them to be these pretty things he can point his camera at, which is why if anything at all is shaped like a woman, dude will have his camera straight up ogle whatever that woman-shaped object is. I'm, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze the guy, and I'm not saying that he's never done worthwhile work, because, again, Common Rider Forze, the, the one he was the head director on, is my favorite Common Rider. Flat out, I will not say it is the best series, though it's a very good series. It is my favorite. I, I hate that I feel the need to defend this. I, do, I shouldn't have to. I can discuss his problems without saying the, that he never does good work. But that's that's where I'm at. I'm defensive. I'm sorry. But his camera tends to work to valorize dudes 
and objectify women as often as it does those great moves to capture some sick action or to slowly move around someone to really capture the emotion they're having in that moment. In that way, these episodes almost read like Sakamoto doing an auto-critique, or uh, possibly the writer Shinoyama playing a mean but actually very awesome metatextual joke on Sakamoto, which you know, along with the budget stuff, might explain why even the bits of Sakamoto that are in these episodes kind of feel a little perfunctory. I enjoyed them when I wasn't sure if Sakamoto was actually the director, but once you know it's him, it's it's like, ah, oh, they're kind of toned down, though, aren't they? Uh, because, like, look, it, it but as, as the metatextual joke, it is about a character being pulled away from viewing women generally, and this one woman in specific, like a thing he can own or a burden he must bear, but instead to view them as his fellow humans worthy of having their wishes respected and their lives left to their own direction, including, like, sometimes, hey, their deaths, or in the case of those young women that once upon a time did kill but now no longer did, you know, be allowed to live their lives. But uh, that's that's sort of my long rambling things at that. Um, I guess so. We'll we'll since we're kind of talking about the problems that are going on here, let's let's talk about the downsides of these episodes so that we can talk about the things we liked after. Okay, so I know we usually you know go episode by episode with this, but I need to start off with probably the greatest logical failing of this whole arc, which is trying to get me or anyone who has seen a significant amount of Common Rider Fies to believe that any timeline could possibly exist in which Inui Takumi and Kusaka Masato are friends. <laughs> Look, I haven't even watched that much, and even I knew that. That seemed kind of suspect. Like, I can't think of two people with a less friendly relationship than those two people. Like, and they just present this information like we're supposed to accept. Takumi just says, like, oh, no, we're, we're friends. And I don't think anyone who's actually seen Fies can just accept that sentence at face value. Because even when Takumi says it, Kusaka's like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Like, he was he was as confused as I was. It's like, since when are two, the two of you friends? How are the two of you friends? So much of the narrative of Fies is that these two people in particular are the furthest possible thing from friends, and that Kusaka is mad that everyone, and Mari, the main girl in Fies, uh, in particular, that just everyone likes Takumi more than they like Kusaka. Because... Takumi's not a dick. I mean that, yeah. And it's it's not even that anyone like actually likes Takumi more than Kusaka. It's just he thinks that they do. And therefore he's a giant dick, and that is how so many of the problems in Fies happen. I mean, not not for nothing. Again, I'm just going off reputation. His reputation is that he is the easiest to hate person all of fiction. He is. He's the worst. And Yeah. It's just, I feel like this entire conflict between Takumi and Kusaka was supposed to be between Gentaro and Ryusei, but the two of them couldn't make the time commitment. Especially, you know, since after, you know, you bringing up that uh, Sakuma's, what Sakuma's doing reflects Ryusei, so what Ryusei did so much. Like, I feel like Ryusei would be in the Kusaka spot trying to, like, like, yeah, no, I'll just help you die, and Gentaro's like... What if we all just sit and talk about this like friends and don't like really dumb about this? Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't take much. 
Like, I feel like that was the original story, and just they, the two of them couldn't make the time commitment because of Bleach, uh, which is basically confirmed by 6.5. Uh, they, they make a lot of jokes about that. Uh, they make okay. they make jokes about the two of them in particular, like being in Bleach, and that's why they weren't in these episodes. Fair. Uh, but I feel like you know they had to rewrite this at the last moment, and you know they could get these, they could get Takumi and Kusaka, so they rewrote it to also be a Fize arc, but didn't have time to rewrite it quite enough. Yeah, I think that that tracks pretty good because again, I've not watched very far into Fize, but even I thought that that Kusaka scene way too friendly to be the guy who could inspire an entire holiday dedicated to how he is the anti-Gentaro. He's just the absolute worst dude. I mean, look, I'm glad that no one can even be the narrative vicinity of Kamen Rider Forza and not become friends, but still, it's a weird thing. Yeah, no, um, our, our, our send-off, my favorite line in all of Kamen Rider, don't get kicked by a horse and die. That's what Takumi <laughs> says to Kusaka the first time they meet. Um, like I had, I, I have, I have so precious little understanding of where it came from. I just that's that's just, just the first it. time that he meets him, and they that's they finish their conversation, and that's what he says, and walks away. That's so good. And it's it's just these two are not friends, and they they say this line in the preview for six at the end of five, and in the week between those two episodes, I'm like, how are y'all gonna sell me on this? Because I don't believe that you can, and they did not. They didn't even try. Which, like, honestly was the smartest thing to do, because trying to make it happen, I think, would have been worse. Yeah, I feel like if you tried to, like, make Kusaka seem not that bad, it would have been much worse. Yeah, because, especially since anyone who knows Fies, or even knows Fies by reputation, is just, yeah, but he's terrible, though. He's, he's the worst. He's so bad. Also, as much as bringing back some of the kids from Ultimatum was, like, a neat idea, like, that was that was very cool, and I thought that was a great uh, little just bit of continuity with the, the five years ahead Forze stuff. I feel like it's a shame that they didn't try and get more Kamen Rider Club alumni back. Like, I feel like it would have been easy to get Jake, and I would have loved to have just seen Miu, Miu, like, school Sogo on what being king actually means. Agreed. Because, look, much as I understand that they are serving a lot of masters here, fandom, the needs of the show, producers, schedules, individual visions, etc., I, I really would have liked to see more of the original members of the KRC come back, because I love them. And, like, I know, we'll, I know sadly, we're probably never going to see Yuki again, because I'm given to understand she retired from acting, which, you know, fair dues, her choice. I still want her back, though. I really love her. I want to see more astronaut Yuki. Uh, but my big... My big, big real problem with this arc is that there are so many things that are just left incredibly vague that, like, they'll give answers to questions that don't really answer them and, in fact, raise more questions. Sakuma blames himself for Karen's death because he wasn't at the place that they agreed to meet. That We never explain why he wasn't there. Why? Just a few hours earlier... He was really enthusiastic about meeting up with her to watch this meteor shower. Like, even just a line about how he was running late because of the rain that started happening, like, that would have been any amount of reason as to why he was not there. 
Yeah, and and like, look, I can see that by leaving it open, they they kind of are letting you fill in the blanks so that you can put him in as sympathetic or, I suppose, uh, antipathetic light as you might care to put him. But it also kind of undercuts his whole thing because what if what if the answer is, oh yeah, just you know, I was talking with some friends while you were standing out in the rain. I, I straight up forgot somehow. I fell asleep. Of course, like they could have. It could also have been like, oh, you know, he had to he had to help out at school, or he was going to get expelled, or uh, this is the same day his mom got sick, so he had to get her some medicine, or like you said, he's just late because rain causes delays, and he needed to get there, and it just took longer than he thought. But instead, it's just nothing, which sort of like I get that you're you're not there, but are you feeling bad because you were doing something else, or are you feeling bad just because? you know, stuff happens. It, those are very different feelings. And then, they, like, Kusaka brings up that both of them are from the Ryusei school, which is a thing in Thighs, which therefore implies that they're both Orphanok, which is something that episode 6 leans really heavily into by having Karen ha- be someone who died and then came in a car accident and then came back from the dead, which is, you know, that brings back Kiba. Because that's what happened to him. And I was wondering if it was the same car accident, since uh, usually when we go back to another Rider series, we're within the first, like, three or four episodes. Mm. And that's the first thing that happens in Fies. But then there's no payoff of them actually being Orphanok or having any real narrative connection to Fies besides Kusaka saying, oh, they're from the same orphanage as me. Yeah, that was a thing for me as well. I, I remain, or rather, I do remain annoyed that they are not Orphanox, who are then powered by cosmic energy. It's right there, and again, that's that good, good fandom, fanfiction nonsense that I know that I, and I think you as well, are all about. I mean, I, I imagine that it's 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 the thing where they had to do this quick rewrite, and they just didn't have time to make new Orphanox suits or bring in old ones, but... You don't even need like, to still, bring can, like, in new suits. You don't need to, like, make them transform into Orphanok. Just be like, you had a girl that true. died and came back from the dead in a Fies arc, and she's not an Orphanok. Yeah, it is weird. What? You gave us Fies, and no one is a weird monster corpse person? WTF, Toei. Like, have, Again, have I, the uh, whole thing it, be that the whole reason that he, you know, got help from Aura is that, uh, like, she came back from the dead and then couldn't, like, sustain herself or whatever. I forget how Orphanox work. I'm sure they could BS a reason. And then he's yeah, like, oh, but I want to I wanna save her. I want her to keep being, like, pseudo alive. Also, like, and, and speaking of power that... Power her with dreams. That's what he, like, that's what he's taking from all these girls. He's not taking their lot he's taking their lives but he's taking their you know their purpose their driving anim you know their animating force which is say their dreams which is which is famously advised the thing an orphanok does not have yeah and speaking of that like we see that sakuma is taking that from them via the cosmic switch but he's been doing this since 2003 how was he doing it prior to 2011 like how was he doing it before he was forze and if this is more rooted in fies than forze where fies has nothing to do with constellations and that mythos why does it only work on other libras who are the same age as her why does that matter at all yeah i mean like like... that that only barely makes sense if this is rooted in forze I, I, I mean, like, my, my no prize 
attempt would be that uh, because of how Aura operates, she she really likes. Hey, you're gonna save your you're gonna save your person. You know that person who matters to you, right? Well, uh, the the previous guy, he was like trying to harvest organs from people who were about the same size and age and whatnot as his son. But that that at least makes sense because if it's too like too big yeah, of an organ, an it's just not organ. gonna work. Like this, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's it doesn't like really, it's no, and it it's not like oh it, it has to like make sense on that medical level. Just give me some BS reason. Just be like oh it just it just doesn't work. Like it has to be it someone was... with the same like spirit as her. like you got you get Libras just have Libra energy and it doesn't work otherwise. Which again, like if it was if it was just Forze, I probably fine, wouldn't question. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't even question it even without an explanation because it's just like oh yeah Forze. The whole thing is your stars. Yep. So of course they also have to be a Libra. But if this is rooted in Fies, like <laughs> that seems like such a weird arbitrary thing. Yep. Oh, last minute rewrites. Also, like, what the heck was the plan with Kusaka? Just like, he's just gonna kill a high school girl and then run around with her body? Because it was straight up like, I have to kill her and then keep her body away from. Her. And he's like, oh yeah, this this was her plan. She asked me to do this because we went to the same orphanage, and I guess everyone there knows that I just straight up like killing people. I guess. Um, I'm also like, wait, I'm sorry. How old is Kusaka? Why would they even remember being at the same orphanage? Like, well, because oh, yeah. uh, he, 2003 is when... Oh, right, but yeah, he killed her. She was 18 then, and she hasn't yeah. aged since. Yeah. Right, duh. Uh, yeah. So, Sorry, you know, mind. they were they would have now technically been there at the same time, but like he's like, oh yeah, she asked me to do this. And I'm like, what? what is this plan? What the, what the heck is this plan? Like, how long does he have to keep her body away from him? How is he gonna kill her? Like, I, it, it's very strange. And I feel like, again, so many of these questions can be answered with, this was supposed to be a Forze arc about Gentaro and Ryusei, but we had to rewrite it really quickly to be a Fize arc because we couldn't get those two guys back. But a lot of these things end up making the core story of the arc not make a hell of a lot of sense once it's all put together and it really just kept taking me out of the story especially in episode six when you know the puzzle pieces are coming together and it's like this is the explanation this is the reason for this and i'm like that's just raising so many more questions honestly like for me it it your the rewrite hypothesis makes the most sense because if it is, if it was a quick rewrite, and then them just counting on Koichi Sakamoto to sell it, which look, I know we have our problems with Koichi Sakamoto as a director, many, many, many problems, but that's not an unfair thing to expect. He's quite good at, at even emotional stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, that's the look, thing that, that upsets me the most. That moment He's made me weep. That moment when you know she finally goes. And she's like, nah, yeah. man, just go live your life. Like, that was great. That was a great moment. He sold that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he can't sell. He can't sell the lore because there's nothing there to sell. And look, I get it because they're on a schedule. But it also means that a lot of things that didn't have to fall flat fall so flat. Also, this is, I don't know, maybe the most minor thing of everything. But, like, 
Kusaka's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, the, I'm gonna kill her and stop your obsession with her. And I don't think Kusaka, of all people, gets to criticize anyone on their obsession with a girl when his obsession with Mari was the stem of like eighty percent of the problems in Fies. Uh, one, ew. Like, Kusaka like stopped. straight up, there was, you know, smart brain had their whole evil Orphanok plans. Most of the actual conflicts within the core narrative of Fies, that was just Kusaka messing with people because he thought Mari liked them better than him. Ew. But I, I will say, it, it does explain why they want Sakamoto for the Fies episodes, because that dude's obsession with ladies is about 80% of the problems in his entire filmography. Fair enough. Maybe not these episodes. These episodes, actually, they're no, it's, kept it's, tamped down. It's very minimal. But, uh... Yeah, just if you'll you watch enough of his stuff and you're just like, stop, stop, just just cut it out, dude. Nope, stop. Do not zoom in on that lady's butt. Let us not focus on the fourteen-year-old girl's legs. Let's just stop that right now. You are a bad man. Just stop. He is grounded. His his one of his parents should just like put him in his room. Just time out every time you do this. But okay, that's that's our bad stuff. Let's let's talk about the things we did like in these episodes, cause. Well, because there's stuff to like. Yeah, no, uh, well, they were they were actually really good episodes for all that, you know, we do have these complaints. And I appreciate how even though we couldn't get Fukushi Soda back, we do at least, you know, they have that body double for Gentaro and you just see him from the back handing out missing persons flyers when we're first discussing this girl that's gone missing. Because it's very like Gentaro to just drop all of his other commitments and throw himself into the efforts of helping one of his students. Like, that's why why he became a teacher. Honestly, if it weren't for all of the very Sakamoto moments in like in the Great Teacher Onizuka manga, at least, I, I don't remember as many of them in the in the anime. Like, Onizuka and Gentro would get on so well. Just like, yeah man, then I suplexed the principal because he was insulting his students. And Gentro's just like, well, it would be better to be his friend, but I get it. That was righteous, dude. High five. I mean, like, yeah, Gentro's definitely got a lot of other stuff he's doing, uh, or rather, Fukushi Sota has a lot of things he's doing, uh, and I'm guessing Heisei Generation's final was probably all the time he had for Kamen Rider again, but I'm at least glad they found a thing for Gentro, the character, to be doing that would be him, because who believes in person-to-person -person social action like someone who knows for a literal and scientific fact that the bonds between people are the strongest force in all creation, right? Of course he's going to go out and just hand out flyers like, hey, can you help? And also, like, I know you mentioned how it's a bummer that we couldn't get Jake back for this episode, which, like, look, crying shame, I'm not trying to, like, dismiss that. I will say at the same time, it was nice to see that uh, Mouse and Kong from Movie Wars Ultimatum have turned into such chill folks, keeping the Kamen Rider Club alive, presumably while Inazuman and Ruby were off doing other things, presumably helping Gentro out. Or, I guess, in Ruby's case, heading over to Sentai and being, and being Momo Ninja from Nininger, which was also written by this season's head writer. Also, you know, they're hiding their awesome psychic powers, which I guess is them being chill so as not to seem like they're showing off to the new Kamen Rider, which is, you know, that's respectable. Also, I only singled Jake out because uh, his actor 
constantly posts about Zio and Ryder stuff in general and is showing off all of his, you know, Ryder stuff that he's collected. I'm the good guy. Uh, he actually, after this episode, posted a screenshot of that bit where they zoom in on, like, the collage of all the club pictures to point out Ryusei. And he kind of circled Jake off in the corner and was like, that was me! Jake's here! What a good dude. Like, he seems like he'd be really enthusiastic about coming back, and I get... You know, I get why they didn't, because it would be kind of weird to just have him show up contextless when he's, you know, long since graduated and has a job. But, you know, I just feel like if they could get anyone back, it's him. Yeah. I was at least glad they also got uh, the guy who played Osugi. Yeah. There's a, there's a part of me that hopes one day we'll, we'll get a Forza thing, and like, that's, that's how I know this is never gonna happen. But we get a Forza thing where Osugi gets to fight uh, his combat man counterpart. Because in the, like, I, I saw an, a bit of an interview with him and he's just like, look, I'm just I'm just really happy they let me play a human. I thought it was going to be like a monster or a combat man. I was just really chuffed I got to be a, a human. I was like, aww, you poor man. I love that you. That was really cute. He's like, yeah, I really thought they were going to make me like one of the villains. That was really cute. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way that... Aura and Ur uh, bounce off each other, like these kind of disgruntled siblings who, you know, like they, they argue and bicker and Ur will like act real sassy towards her and she'll be kind of put off. No one else is allowed to talk to each other, to either of them that way. Like, you know, you know, if someone talked down to Ur, Hora would like suplex them into a trash can. And then, you know, they both get lightly scolded by their weird time dad who just, you know, wants them to get along with each other and succeed in finding their new king. Like, the more I see of the three of them, the more I'm excited to know, like, what their deal is and what, how they all relate to each other and, you know, relate to the reign of Omazil. Like, how'd y'all end up on this path when, you know, you've got, yes. you've got these other people over here with time machines and guys has a suit for some reason like how did how did you three in particular end up like this i i also want to know that i really look forward to finding out especially since like on top of the stuff you mentioned with uh ur and aura just the bits we get of swartz schwartz swartz it's, it's a weird name uh just like you say time dad i was more like tall very confused older brother like we'll we'll see you know how that how that relationship pans out as we go. I just I love the three of them. I want more. I I love them and I love Swartz. Swartz. I want to go with Swartz because that reminds me of Quartz, which is a watch thing. Yeah, I think it's it's. I saw someone theorize that it's a combination of Quartz and like Swarovski crystals. That makes that makes some sense. Yeah, I I I don't know. Maybe Swarovski makes uh, watches. Yeah, I I'm not sure, but he like he he feels like the Uva of the group, and I love Uva. Like he he feels like a combination of Uva and Gamel. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, I can get with that. Where and then you know you've you've got Hora as Mizul and Ur as Kazari, and I'm just like, oh, he's he's my two favorites. <laughs> like he he's just kind of a slightly dumber, more lumbering Uva. Yeah, which great. Which just gets right at my heart, because uh, I know what I'm about. But I love all three of them, and I absolutely want to see more of them, like, coming up as characters. I mean, again, like, it, this isn't even a problem. I just think this is, this may end up being kind of a thing that goes on for the 
first while of the show because uh, Shimoyama is not always great at at character voices, and I'm like I'm not I'm not ripping on on Sogo. I like him; he's a good kid. But boy, these villains, I like them so much more. Yeah, <laughs> this is it's getting to like they've got kind of the thing that I eventually got for the Wakana sisters in Kamen Rider Double because I am way more invested in them than I am in Shotaro. I like I just I want to see. I just want to see the whole series from their point of view. I want or for them to be double or something, but neither here nor there. Just I'm I'm glad that I'm feeling some characters that I can really kind of connect to and get my teeth into cuz I still don't know what they're about, but I know what they want and I know how they get it and I'm about that. Also a kind of interesting unsaid thing that comes up early in 5 as we present Forze's notion of friendship. Does Sogo have friends? Like, he has people that he knows and likes and gets along with, but he doesn't seem to actually have anyone he's close to and, like, spends time with outside of school. Like, he doesn't have- he doesn't have an Akari that he hangs around with, or- No. God, who else has friends? Oh, I mean, he doesn't have a- he doesn't have a crew. Like, he does not have a Kengo. Yeah, no. Or a Yuki. He doesn't have these people. He doesn't, you know, Haruto with Koyomi and Rinko and, and Shunpei. Even, you know, even Kota had friends. Yeah. Even Michi somehow had friends. Yeah. Like, Sogo doesn't have friends. And when he thinks of who he associates with friendship, it's a girl that he's known for, like, two weeks tops who exists in his life to make sure that he doesn't kill everyone. And even then, like, when the nurse refers to Tsukuyomi and guys as his friends, he's like, nah, I don't really think they're my friends, though. And it makes me wonder if, like, Sogo seems to have wanted to be king since he was very young. And I'm wondering if his initial, like, gut reasoning for that was, you know, a good king is beloved by everyone, and therefore he'd have all the friends he could ever want. Oh, now I'm sad. You know, it could also be why he's just so ready to start naming anyone who he'll talk who will talk to him for more than a minute into some high position of whatever thing they like doing. Cause, you know, if you like video games and you're now the royal video game person, you'll like him for that, right? Like I feel like that's his logic. Kind of I, juvenile I, as it is. Look, well honestly, juvenile as it is, that's a good hook. Just a, a character who can't relate to the world around him, but has good instincts, and so tries to relate to the world through the giving of gifts or praise or acclaim. It's that's a good hook to to build a character on. Even as I say that, though, it does make me think that someone needs to sit that boy down and explain that if that is the case, look, it's lonely at the top. It's not that I want to see his dreams get crushed or anything. Just that dude should learn better how to people, which I know is is a funny thing for me to say, because if you met me, you, that trust me, that's a that is a hilarious joke, because it is it is hard to people. But trying to get friends by offering them positions in your government, like that doesn't work out well for anyone, like because you either end up paranoid or dead or very upset because you've disappointed everyone because you have totally and utterly failed to become the king and therefore secure them their lifetime appointments. What I'm saying is that a stack of lackeys who owe you is no substitute for friends, which I think will be the second reason why uh, they rewrote this to be about Fies 
instead of Forza, because if Gentro were there, he would sort the kid out, like, quick fast on this point, and as a consequence, there would be no more show anymore, because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to be king. I just want to hang out with my friends. I'll make friends, and we will just hang out. It'll be great. And boom, show over episode six, because Gentro, that's how Gentro do. Dude, just that's how he do. He meets you for an episode, and for one episode, you're like, "Hey, man, I'm not sure." And by the end, you're doing you're doing the handshake. Just you don't even know what happened, but suddenly you're a good person, or at least not a bad one. Also, I appreciate Sogo's dedication to getting things done to the point of just hurling himself down a flight of stairs so his friends can get on the nurse's computer. I'm pretty sure there was a better plan, but you gotta, like, he could have just faked it. He could have just been like, go get, go tell the nurse I fell down the stairs and then lay at the bottom of the stairs. Um, Honestly, all I think is he's he's the embodiment of that gif that will sometimes go around from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where just Will Smith is just saying, yeah, he, boy's a little confused, but he got the spirit. I've been, <laughs> I've been feeling that one so a lot cool. lately. Yeah, no. Um, also, there, this is, this is a thing for me to notice. This is, this is for me. Uh, there was a little picture of Sonoda in the box that Osugi pulls the Forze watch from, and as much as that's still a little bit creepy, I appreciate the show acknowledging her at all, since Forze itself left her to die in space. And I'm I'm a little bit salty forever on that fact. But that's okay. And we did at least get to see a little bit of her fighting as Scorpio until, you know, Swords changed the timeline. Which was, like, look, it was so heckin' sweet to say. Especially since they were working very hard to recreate the movements and style of the series throughout. Just, you know, without the, the bits where Sakamoto really likes to linger on ladies' bodies, like the creepy creeper he is. Because... Again, like, going back, trying to watch the first couple episodes, I'm like, when we see Sonoda for the first time, it starts at her feet, and it scrolls up to her face. I didn't even notice it first time through, and then I'm just like, oh, Kuichi. It's it's not something I always notice, like, it's not something I noticed at all until you started bringing it up to me. And then I started because I'm just I'm used to I'm used to that being kind of a dramatic introduction thing. Yeah. But then then like then I'm watching and I'm like, oh no, he just does that to women, and he goes a lot slower on the legs. Yeah, he do. But like it's it's really impressive because someone was really restraining him in these episodes because there were a lot of high school girls and we did not have this problem. At it least not so nice. anywhere near as badly as we normally do. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, look, whoever it was that was holding him back gets a hat tip from me because that was one of the things that had me going back and forth as we're watching the episodes over here. Just like, okay, is this Sakamoto himself or just someone who's aping his style? And and it really was the lack of horny on main that made me question it. Whoever did it, though, just, just did a good job because I just, I don't want it, don't want it. Yeah. Especially since, like, okay, to sort of get into some, into some weeds here, there is something kind of extra creepy about doing that to a girl who's technically dead. Like, I don't know if there's a name for that particular phenomenon, but there is there is a lot of people who've pointed out how frequently the corpses of women are framed in really, like, I'm going to say gross, because the way the corpses are framed is kind of like, 
sexy or like glamour photography and um like i'm not saying that's unique to koichi sakamoto i'm not saying any of this is unique to him please understand he is just a very blatant offender guard uh it's he's he's done it and i'm not here for it yeah the first 10 to 15 minutes of girls in trouble is just him sakamotoing a bunch over like five different women's corpses over and over and it is super uncomfortable oh no the beginning of that movie is very very uncomfortable to watch that wow like because i just didn't bother because like look i space squad was fine but it's like "Mm, you're horny on main enough here dude let's i i'll skip the other one we we watched girls in trouble because we had a lot of time on our hands no, I get on it. A, on a particular day, so we decided to just me and a friend decided to sit down and watch both of them. Uh, and the the like second half of that movie is the second like two thirds of that movie are fine, but the, just the first chunk of that movie is just over and over, and it's super uncomfortable. I just I ugh, again I wish when that dude was left to his own devices, he would just rein it in a little, because it it does make it difficult to go back and enjoy things that I otherwise adore when, yeah, there's all those those bits that are just done again and again for those same really skeevy purposes. Like, look, I freaking adore Movie War Ultimatum. It it has some of my favorite Common Rider Forza bits in the entire idea of Common Rider Forza. But that's when they do all of the, hey, let's let's do the, the heavenly harp while these high school girls are like twirling around and their skirts are flying up a little i'm (laughs) i'm not making that up that's a thing that happened and i hate it because that's awful but speaking speaking of less less bad things thank you yes because this is supposed to be the good stuff dang it uh was showing up mid-fight to just like catch hands with another forza and be like how dare you even look at my overlord while he's trying to inherit a rider power. Like, excuse you, sit down and watch. This is my emperor. I love Waz so much. I don't blame you. Because, I mean, look, I, I know I had my thing earlier about how it's not very much fun to be king, but all the same, if I ever became a king, you know, somehow, I would want a retainer like Waz. Dude is just so here to be the king's hype man. Because that's all he does. He just rolls up like... Be grateful, you are about to witness history in action! Just, so... Rejoice, you are in the presence of my emperor. Yeah, he's always, like, two seconds away from, Look how cool this guy is! You should be on your knees already! I mean, honestly, he's not two seconds away from that. That is literally the... Cut the text of what he says. Yeah, no, he, he just loves him so much. He really does, which honestly tells you a bit about Omazeo, as well as a fair bit about Waz himself, because, I mean, look, it just makes me want some Waz focus episodes, because he's clearly got some stuff going on, and I want to know more about him. Also, I'm pretty sure, like, he's he has definitely fought Gates and Tsukiyomi before. Like, well, actually, I don't know, maybe they, I doubt they actually got close enough to try and storm the Gates, but Waz has definitely taken out some insurgents before, that's oh, all I'm yeah. saying. And and been just the worst while doing it. I, who am merely a, a worm beneath the feet of our overlord, have defeated you. What chance did any of you have? Honestly, that sounds kind of sick. I might steal that for a D and D villain sometime. Just give, give them just a give them a Waz type retainer who's just always hyping up the king and just 
wrecks the heroes. Also, that way, when they level up and they kill the heck out of him, and the king is like harder core still, it's it'll be a it'll be like ooh, they'll earn that mess. Also, I love this moment of Kusaka just appearing in this this really crowded stairwell, being this really imposing figure that makes them just like trapped, and then half a second later. Takumi just throws himself down the flight of stairs and tackles Kusaka. Like, good dog. You did it. <laughs> yep, yep, no. And look, not for nothing, if you live in a, in a Kamen Rider universe with Kusaka in it, like, just tackle him to the ground as quickly as possible. Yeah, like, He's that about is... about to do something messed up. That is the way to handle it. It's the only way to handle it. Also, Well, speaking... he hasn't done anything yet. Yet he's about to. <laughs> he's about to. Trust us. Uh, also, speaking of horny on main, if y'all were, will permit me for a second, holy heck, was Takumi's voice always this sexy? Because I don't remember it being like that, even back in GP, and that was only, like, what, three years ago? Three, four years ago? Yeah, it wasn't very long, yeah. Like, like, dang. Like, I've watched all of Fies, and I watched GP, and I don't remember it ever sounding like that. <laughs> Look, I, I had not actually noticed it myself until you mentioned it. Uh, when we were just sort of messing around before recording uh, the previous episode of Laser Knees. But once you mentioned it, uh, yeah, dude. That dude really grew into his voice. Being a senpai writer is a good, good look for him. I don't know, maybe maybe rolling with uh, KSK Jin made some show-up, just bad attitude rub off on him or something? I don't know. He should keep doing that, though. Yeah, I don't know. He just, at the end of Fize, he said, like, one line, and I was like, oh... Oh, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, my. No, um, that's legit, dude. That is legit. In French, to translate from the French, it is the jit. Also, speak, speaking of Takumi, I love that he still can't consume hot things, and he's still trying really hard, but he can't, and he's so frustrated by it. I mean, look, fair. Because age will change a lot of things, but he's, he's just cat-tongued, and that's just not going away, even though he's dead, which, like... Honestly, you'd think if you were dead, you could at least just enjoy piping hot food. But as a fellow cat tongue myself, I just, I get you, dude. I get it. Also, Maybe not to that degree, but, yeah. Just how hard he side-eyes Sogo when he's like, I want to be king! After the entire thing with Fize was them trying to find the Orphanok king. And he's just like, please don't make me deal with this again. Lord, please don't make me deal with this again. Like, for all the flaws in the Fies parts of these episodes, Takumi felt very true to who he's always been. I mean, look, the acting was not the problem in these episodes. No, it, it was actually better in it these episodes than it's been thus far. It's, it's yeah. only been going up. Yeah, which, look, that's the direction you want it to go. Also, I love me a good ship of Theseus paradox. Oh, uh, that's a same. thing that I think about same constantly. Path. So I appreciate Sogo's uncle just bringing it up with the radio as kind of this unintentional metaphor for extending a person's life beyond where it should. And I think it was a really elegant way of putting that into perspective in a way that a young audience could really grasp. Yeah, and it's, it's a good introduction to the concept. And also it had this kind of sidelong resonance with the idea of the living dead girl getting parts of herself replaced again and again or recharged really as opposed to replaced but still it just honestly like uh, just a minor tangent from there i'm still so sad that uh the karen didn't end up as like a new incarnation of yugo sada yeah because i didn't watch a lot of fives but 
Yuko, the she's like the bird orphanoc. I don't know what kind of bird, but uh, she was like a swan or a crane, something like that. Yeah, but she was uh, one of them. Great. One of them long, elegant birds, and she is great. She has like her first appearance. I was just like, she should be common rider Fies. Just everyone else can die. I don't care. Like she, she definitely has probably one of the clearest stories in Fies, but also the one that would benefit the most from people actually saying words to each other. Oh, in a way. But it just, I don't know, I, I just would have thought that it would have been fun if, uh, what was the dude's name? The, 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 the Fives, uh, you know, the guy who was Forza and Fives. Oh, uh, he, Sakuma. He, yeah, Sakuma. I, I like, I'm just gonna call him Fivesa. Like, if he, I just thought it'd be fun, like, if he was just trying to keep her from eating people to save her soul or some junk like that, but, you know, that's not what happened. Mostly, I just, I like when they do monster bird girls as just a thing, because that occasionally pops up in Kamen Rider, and it's pretty cool. Uh, Kamen Rider Amazon Season 2 has one of the frickin' sickest iterations of that. Um, but so no, I'm afraid you must never watch that season. You must not. People keep telling me that, and one day it's gonna happen. I don't know when, I, but one day. One day, day you, will, you will watch it, and you will understand why I told you that. Oh, I'm sure. But it's just one of the best weird monster bird ladies, and I just, I want a monster bird lady as a main writer some year, but also for them to get writers and producers who would actually let her do things. Yeah. Because like, I, I don't... Frankly, I don't want more Lady Riders until Toei can get their together about it. Yeah, no, I dig it. Because I, I don't trust them anymore. I, and look, I mean, X-Aid was the least bad. And, and they still, like, completely destroyed their own lore to just make sure a girl would never have a fight with the end boss. Yeah. Look, I, again, like, I want, I want there to be a Lady Rider. I want, I want it to be completely natural for there to be a gay male main writer and a a lady writer maybe gay i don't you know just but for them to just also get over all their nonsense but yeah. like you said until they get actually people behind the things it's it maybe not maybe just don't also um to get back to the to the show itself um there was this moment while Takumi was looking over the little watch collection stand thing that Soga has at home, or at home base anyway, uh, where Guy Gates or Soga mentions 913 in some context, and I don't quite remember what it was, but he hears it and Takumi just looks up like, the hell did you say? And then it was over, but I just, it's one of those good character moments like, yeah, 913, what's that about? And he's just like, don't, don't even. Because look, let's all remember that Kike's a day is a real thing that nerds celebrate. I don't know enough about Fies to know how one celebrates it, or why, other than to acknowledge that Kusaka is a tremendous bastard that everyone loves hating. From what I can tell, that's pretty much it. That's the whole thing. Okay, well look, I respect that tremendously. Because <laughs> it's just, hey, we just hate this guy. I'm just like, alright, yeah, fair news. It's, it's pretty much just, man, he's a... Yeah, he is, he's apparently the worst, which... I really appreciate, and I mostly appreciate that that dude who plays him apparently just bathes in it. Oh, yeah. Everyone hates him. He's such a monster. <laughs> Which, I mean, look, between him and uh, uh, Masahiro Inoue, who played Kamen Rider Decade, I just, it makes me happy when people find these roles and they're just like, <laughs> I mean, people talk about, uh, what's his name? 
Robert Downey Jr. doing it. Even he doesn't do it as much as they do. Oh, Lord, no. No, he can't hold a candle to the two of them. Uh, I do, speaking of Kusaka, I appreciate, and how much everyone hates him, I appreciate that this episode was consistent with the preferred method of trying to kill Kusaka, which is by breaking... It's a very specific way to do it. It's it's just the way it's always done. Look, I... Again, I respect it. I'm just sad that no one brought in a horse to kick him. Uh, by the way, the crew of the Uncommon Cast RX would like to remind you not to get kicked by a horse because it will probably make you die. I did think about that because I like I wanted to make the joke and then I got, like, after watching the episode, and then I got really sad remembering that Izumi Masayuki, who played Kiba Yuji, who was the horse that kicked Kusaka and he died, uh, passed away, I think, two or three years ago. Oh, right. That is sad. So, talk about something that's not that yeah. sad. Um, a thing that I really liked within within episode six that I think was done incredibly well was the moment when Sogo passes the Fi's watch off to Gates. Because uh, Sogo knows that the reason Gates doesn't like or trust him is because he becomes Omazeo, uh, which is him becoming Omazeo is contingent on him inheriting every common Rider. So instead of inheriting Fize, which we know he didn't because otherwise Waz would have shown up to talk about it, he, he passes Fize on to Gates. And it's a way of showing not only that he trusts Gates and trusts him to get the job done, uh, because, you know, he didn't, Sogo didn't go back to deal with uh, Fize Sakuma, uh, he also doesn't want to be Omazeo. He doesn't want to, like, kill a bunch of people and be hated. He just wants to be Zeo and help people and have Gates and Tsukuyomi be his friends. And Gates gets that. He's not sure if he believes it, but he understands the meaning behind the olive branch that Sogo is extending. And they manage to convey this entirely without words in like three seconds just by having the two of them exchange looks and it's there and it's convincing and these two are really getting the hang of the characters they're playing and sakamoto for all of his flaws um because neither of them are women he really brought out that scene yeah he really did because look you know maybe it's sakamoto but also the actors themselves because I'd had my doubts about Sogo as a character, and I still kind of do. Like, the writing is still a little thin there. But the actor, they've got playing him, the actor playing Gates, I, I have no doubts about them. When someone can pull off that kind of thing, it soothes so many worries. Because I've, I have, I have hated shows with better casts, but this one doesn't read like one I'm going to hate. Because, I mean, look, I still think the cast of Guy was superlative. Oh yeah, those those kids, all of them, incredible actors. Yeah, possibly Bev. better than these guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and I think it's because they're they were all more experienced actors mm. than than these kids. I'm pretty sure. Um, but also, they were in a badly written show, and yep, these kids aren't. Yep, I just I really hope that they are able to, to keep being in good stuff because it, look, the worst thing I can say for these episodes you know i've i've had a lot of you know i've tried i've been kind of open about it but i think at worst they're mediocre which fine i'll take it and they have there's a lot of fun stuff and i feel like i'm i need to stop equipping i need to stop i'm just gonna shut up please go on because i'm just gonna start circling uh, i do like that we're really consistent with how the time jackers tend to pick candidates like horror 
Hora once again went after someone who had a desire to save another person. And I'm not sure what Swartz's qualifications are yet. Maybe just people with power who want more power. It's it's hard to make the call from just this arc, but I'm yeah. eager to get that pinned down and to see how they keep playing with those models and like why each of them pick people that way. Same, because like I'm I'm definitely going to agree with you about Suarez doing the thing of lifting up people who are already powerful, because that's that's actually kind of a a fascinating character hook. Because I feel like the the linchpin will be him going after people who already, well, again, who already have something going for them, because they're the sorts of people who would already be adept at being the king, because I get the impression that Ur wants, like, a patsy who owes him, and uh, Aura wants someone who is, who owes, who owes her, but like, hey, look, I, I let you save your friend, you like, you don't just owe me your life, you owe me your friend's life. Yeah, like, she's she's very much like, hey, if you cross me, I'll just take this person back from you. Yeah, and, but then you've got Swars, who, I think maybe his idea is, well, if they've already got power, they'll know how to use it. And that would make them a good king. Uh, though, I mean, that, that might well just be me being grumbly at the people in the world who look at all those dudes who are being correctly dragged on Twitter and not in court for being horrible to women. You know, like Koichi Sakamoto, he's not getting dragged, but he is... Anyway, I don't actually know what his working conditions are like. I don't want to be slanderous. But uh, a lot of people who have been legitimately horrible to women, and other people as well, let's be clear, but a lot of the bigger ones are about women, about dudes being terrible to women. And then some... Then someone points out, hey, that dude is being terrible. And then an even more awful person pops up to be like, oh, well, I better help them get back on their feet, because it sure would be a shame if their lives were ruined, and they were only richer than 90% of the people on Earth and surrounded by adoring fans. It sure would be terrible if their life was ruined, and that's what it looked like. Uh, Swars is against hashtag me too, is what I'm saying, which makes him the real villain. Um, and on a completely different note, because I would hate to end us there, I just want to say how happy I am to reiterate that because of the rules of Forza, Kusaka and Takami, just, they had to become friends. You can't come into even the orbit of Amanogawa High School and not want to be friends. You just, you can't do it. It's not possible. Honestly, I think the impressive part is that, like, Takami tried and Kusaka was still like, nah, man. <laughs> What like he's he just puts his hand up and then just walks out of the show without saying anything because not even not even Forze can make Kusaka a better person. That's true. Can't but, be done. But it it made Takumi willing to try, which like from he, what I understand is pretty big on its own. Like the the unstoppable force was beaten by the immovable object. Mm. See, so now then, I think that's that's all our big thoughts, yeah? Uh, I think so. Yeah, let's uh, move on to our hypotheses, because I noticed that you had a prediction this time around. It's not a prediction, it's mostly just a shot in the preview for the next episode, because uh, Waz fights Gates, and I just want to yeah. see Waz dunk on everyone. Just give me, give me all that Waz time of Waz just doing stuff. Same. Dunking on these nerds. Especially, like, I want him to dunk on them in a Dan Kuroto way, 
where he just kind of acknowledges that, yeah, you had a lot of friends who tried to kill the king. Yeah, I totally helped murder them because I work for the Overlord. One, because it's fun. I killed them because it's fun. Two, because it's my job. And three, look, dude, you take a shot at the king, you best not miss. And you guys missed a lot. He is. He's so terrible. I love him. And now it's time for our new suit roundup, because every week we get at least one new suit, and that's exciting. Actually, every week we get at least two, really, because we get the, the Another Rider and the Armor, which, wow, that's intense. Um, I'm just going to start us off with Another Forza, and I confess, like, I feel a little bad because there's not a ton to say, because uh, it's good. It's, it's a real good suit. I like it. The weird, the weird face all the Another... Well, not all many of the another writers have with like the retracting eye lenses it's so great and between the suit itself and the astro switches you get a feel for how frightful forzik could have been if he wasn't piloted by the absolute best dude ever because like, i would have thought my sense of blasphemy would have kicked in a lot harder at the design seeing my hero and favorite common rider twisted and monstrous and halloweeny but it was mostly just highlighting how good and also goofy the Forza design is. Because, I mean, like, all right, a favorite little detail is that another Forza doesn't have the, the like, the rocket fins on the side of his head. His little bat wings. That's, that's amazing. And I really hope that when the mouth moves, like, maybe they flap a little. Oh, that would be I, so I cute. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if it happens, but I want it to have happened. And in my heart of hearts... That's what happens. Like, look, it's it's a real dang good suit. And I think the thing that I really like about all of the Another Rider suits, and, you know, this goes for Another Fies also, is that they all just feel really consistent. Because they're taking all of these very separately designed rider suits that were never intended to have anything to do with each other and twisting them in the same sort of way that makes it feel like even though these are all different suits, the same thing is corrupt. They're yeah. they're being messed up by the same thing. And honestly, like that's a that's a concept that could very well have not worked. And we're only six episodes in. We got like forty more episodes. But of of every common rider suit, X Aids is the most out there, and they already made that work and feel consistent with the rest of the common rider suits. So I feel like yeah. it would be really hard to mess up from this point. And and I think that's like you bring up the X Aids suit, and I think that's honestly one of the ones that shows how strong that that through line of similar corruption works. Because even when the rider's look diverges, the another rider diverges as well. But along those same lines, because with the another X-Aid, behind the sunglasses, we still have those same creepy eyes just doing a ton of heavy lifting and making the whole thing work when it shouldn't. They're just such brilliant suits. I don't even want the, the figure arts of Zeo. I want the figure arts of some of the another riders. Honestly, I kind of want those more than I want a lot of the figure arts. Man, I can't wait to see, like, how they handle another O's and just how close those get to, like, the SICs. Oh, God, yeah. Because, well, especially with, God, like, the, the SIC O's suits are horrifying. All I can think is just the, the little, just fractions of a second that glimpses that we got of the another wizard suit. I'm, I am, I am so excited. Um... 
But moving on to the another Fize suit, it's it's a lot of the same because I always really dug on the Fize suit, even if I didn't watch a lot of the show. It's a great suit. It really is. And I just, I really dig on how the Another Fize suit was corrupted, because now it feels like they sort of melded it in with some of the Rider 1 redesign to make Fize feel, like, extra beefier and tankier among the, the Another Riders, which, I don't know, that I like that. Also, it just, it feels like it's taking all those same lines, but those awesome neon lines. I love that that suit lights up so much. And and in, and taking it away from technological and making it weird, twisty, and organic, like the Orphanox suits, kind of. Like just, just it's that, and and some of the details also go a bit skeletal, or at least evoke bone. And it's it's clearly Fies, as all another riders are clearly the the suits they used to be. But it's it just is so unwholesome and Halloweeny and unliving that makes it so brilliant. Even though I, I do want to say I do wish the the mouth and the fins were more shark like, or that the eyes were bigger because it just it, it threw off the balance of the head for me. And that suit has such a beautiful head. Like the helmet is mwah, just perfection. Uh, now we're getting into the build and uh, into the armors with uh, guises. With Gates's uh, build armor and Fi's armor. Okay, so this is maybe weird, but I think the build armor actually looks like pretty dang good on Gates. Maybe because he's in general already two thirds of build's color scheme, and like the goldish yellow of his visor works really well with the blue and red on top of black. Like it just it looks so much better on Gates than on Zio. Mm. I will agree there, because, or at the very least, I will say it doesn't look the same kind of jarringly bad, because, like, look, sorry, it's better, it certainly is, but I have a real hard time with the Rider armors. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I just feel the same way about the Fi's armor, because Gates's colors are already the Fi's colors. Like, he's red and black, and then he's got the yellow gold eyes. Yeah, but also like works. Also, like, man, the big phones just upright on his shoulders look so dumb. They really do. I mean, like, look, I, I understand that they're they're evoking not just the suits, but also, like, the main power or or whatever the, the main motif of the series was. You know, the wheels on drive, the phones in buys, the bottles in build. But, oh, if they would just calm down with the shoulders on the suits. I mean, I again, I don't think I'd like them a whole lot more, but they would look less train wrecky for me. They would look a lot less dumb. I'm still not over the just the big like it's not even like the shoulders are the center point of the tires on the drive armor. You've got like a whole tire coming up off of each shoulder. Yeah, it's if they had just if they had just dropped that down and it's like Oh, okay. So it's it's forming like the uh, what was the the type wild the the, the black one uh, that had like the the tire yes. on one shoulder. Yes. Like just just have it over the shoulder as a shoulder pad. That would look great. Well, I it looked better though. Speaking of just not great designs, uh, the the Zio Forza armor. Whoo! <laughs> I. I get why it looks like that. I get it so it can be a transformer and turn into a kind of rocket-shaped, if you squint, thing, and it can have its own version of a rider rocket drill kick. I get why they're doing it, and I think it's not even a terrible idea as far as it goes. 
but also it sucks in execution. And while I think it will probably look better on Gates, or honestly on Omazeo, if we ever see, him, if we ever have to fight him, I don't know. Would he even bother wearing the armors? He doesn't need to. But it just, it just did not have the most auspicious introduction. Yeah. But um, yeah, do we have any any final thoughts? Because as far as our rundown goes, I, I feel like that's that's mine. Um, no, I think that's really it. Yeah. Look, looking forward to the next one. I, I always feel bad because I'm always a very fiddly, technical sort of guy. I have I have things that I get very into, but I am having fun. I am enjoying the show. There's always a lot of good things to say. I just am very focused this way. Um, but since that's the end of our, our episode, uh, let me just say that for the Uncommon Cast Rx and the rest of the TOL Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sona. And I cannot stress enough... Do not get kicked by a horse and die.